and all of them radiated joy. You, you looked at their face and not only their mouth smiled, their eyes smiled, right? They're just sparkling. Yeah. And, you know, so we were singing some songs and praying with them. And I, I just remember seeing that as a recurring theme with the Christians and believers there was seeing the joy and realizing that God is more than enough. Um, obviously, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with having stuff because God yeah. created it and we're stewards of whatever he entrusts us with in this life, right? Mm-hmm. But seeing the, just, just, you know, and asking myself that question, if I was in this position and everything else was stripped away, if a gang came through last night and killed, you know, my dad and one of my sisters, mm-hmm. could I still have joy right. knowing where they went and knowing what God has done for me? If you're like me, you have a heart for missions and may have already done some missions work yourself, but you also see some huge issues in the way missions are being done. Like why are we still sending out monthly newsletters in a digital age when technology allows for instant updates in the palm of your hand? Or why are we convinced that we need to raise two years support before going when all 12 disciples dropped what they were doing and walked away? Or why are we allowing denominations to decide who can and cannot go do what God is calling them to do just because of things they've done in their past? And at what point did we brand following Christ to be a life of scarcity and sacrifice when it's truly a life of abundance and privilege? These are some of the blaring questions in the missions world today. And Watch Missions Live is here to reshape the way you see missions. It's time for missionaries to rise up, create a shift in perspective, a change, a revolution in the way things are done and give you the real story, one of abundance, fulfillment, and privilege. My name is Aaron Jennings, and welcome to Watch Missions Live. Hey, welcome back to Watch Missions Live. This is Aaron Jennings again with Isaiah Malstead, and today we're talking about his trip to Guatemala. We're not going to do the full introduction. If you want it, jump back to episode one. So, Isaiah, nice to have you back again. Glad to be back, Aaron. We're going to talk another place because it's always fun to get new places, new stories, new perspective. You were 15 years old in the last one. When was Guatemala and what was it for? Tell us a little bit about that trip. So it was two years later. So I was 17 years old. And uh, on my mom's side of the family, we know a a large amount of the family tree. Um, Folks, our ancestors moved over from Finland back in 1863, if I remember right. Um, somewhere in there. And so we've kind of kept tabs on who everyone is. So I, I know a lot of cousins who are, you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. I don't even know what they are. Um, but we have a cousin. I, I think he's a third cousin, maybe. I don't remember. Don't quote me on it. Um, but he's a missionary down in Guatemala. Okay. And so when I was 17 and my next brother younger was 15, uh, we had an opportunity to travel down there and stay with my cousin for three weeks and work with his ministry down there. Okay. So was this a, I always like to talk about how we get into it and where it comes from. Yes. You said he already had a ministry there. Did you go with the church or something this time? Or do you just like, Hey, I know this guy. Let's just go help. This one was, Hey, I know this guy. Um, it was actually his mom and dad were part of the ministry. They were back up in Minnesota uh, for a family reunion. And we started talking and they said, Hey, you guys have been on a couple of mission trips. You should go down and visit Micah. And we we're like, Hey, that sounds good. And so that was about it. We bought, we bought tickets. We'd, um, I think we'd met him in person years before, but I was too young to really remember. So, you know, we were going to a strange country with, uh, you know, people we'd never met and we were going to be there for three weeks. Nice. Well, there was a little bit of a plan. You had somebody there. That's good enough. Yeah. We we knew, we knew he knew what he was doing. We just weren't (laughs) sure what we were going to be doing when we got there. Right. And I know like if you guys follow us, you've heard this on other episodes, but 
as you can see right there from episode one, episode two, episode one, he's going with the church. They planned everything out and he just goes along. Episode mm -hmm. two now takes his own money, buys a ticket, goes, flies down with somebody he met or mm -hmm. somebody he already knows that's already doing stuff. You don't need some grandmaster plan and years of support raise and ascending organization. You need God calling you yep. and a willingness to pick yourself up and go. Yep. And like, he'll show you how he wants to wants you to do that. I just like to bring it back because I like people when they're sitting here watching and listening to understand that there is no cookie cutter way to do this. Mm. When God calls, just go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You can go on your own, you can go with a group, you can, you know, there's tons of other ways. You can do it yeah. local or, you know, international. Yeah. And, so and there's nothing necessarily that? wrong with, you know, planning things out, you know, oh, it's yeah. whatever, however, whatever doors God opens. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing is when you go, like in that trip when we went to Guatemala, not sure what to expect, it puts you in a situation where you get to see God open doors and get to see God move and work. And it gives you an opportunity to, um, I guess, grow in your faith and realize that God takes care of those he sends. Yep. Exactly. <clears throat> Excellent. Excellent tip there. <laughs> so what was the point of this trip? What were you going to do? So we were going just to generally help and support in Micah's ministry. Um, and also uh, looking back at it, it, it really was a defining point in my life as far as taking, I guess, personal responsibility for my relationship with Christ. But going down there, um, he, he had a lot of things he was doing. So a lot of it was kids ministry in the dumps. Um, so there was a number of different locations we would go to, do like a, a Bible story as a skit or a, like a play, um, do some music, do some kids activities, um, do like a flannel graph or chalk art and, you know, present the gospel that way or some Bible story. And then afterward, we would uh, take a bunch of soup and go throughout the slums and hand it door to door. So that was one aspect of it. There was also a ministry at a rehab center. And so we'd go there, we would do a Bible study. There'd be some soccer or football. Uh, the World Cup was going on in Brazil at that point. So everybody was playing soccer. That was my introduction to that. Uh, <laughs> growing up in Minnesota, you don't play much of that. The only football you say is football, you mean yep. soccer, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he did a discipleship group with some police officers. And then we would just do um, a little bit of general street preaching. Um, and, and that was like my first introduction to that. Cool. 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 So what did you learn and think of all that? Cause it sounds like it was very broad. Yeah. Spread out a little bit more open-ended than the first one with a direct purpose. What was the big learning points from this trip? The big learning points was seeing how a team that was dedicated to spreading the gospel that lived in an area uh, Michael was the only gringo or the only guy from the States who was there full time and everybody else was from around there in, in Guatemala city. And so seeing a, a team of people that were dedicated to serving others and to spreading the gospel and seeing how broad of an impact they could have um, was, was super cool. Right. Awesome. Yeah. So what's a, we're these short, these episodes are going to be a little bit shorter because we've got mm -hmm. episodes one, two, three, four, and we're just kind of getting right to the points. Mm. So what was the God story? Is there a God story or a God sentence where the provision was just like, whoa? There was. So I remember, obviously, you know, Romania was one thing that was culture shock in one extent. Right. Now we're in the middle of Central America in some of the biggest slums in the world where people, um, because of civil wars, you know, over the last number of years, um, flock to the cities. And so you have these slums that formed around the garbage dumps where people would go and sift through the garbage that was getting there to find anything valuable to go sell it, to make a living. 
Mm-hmm. And so you have shacks that are built from everything from, you know, plywood to pieces of tin to whatever, whatever else they could scrounge and make a shelter for their family. And it was, it was interesting to me to suddenly be stuck in the middle of that um, after growing up, you know, in America where everyone's fairly well to do um, on, on a global scale. Yeah. So seeing the, the absolute depths of poverty people were, li- were living in. But then I remember walking into one family's home. Um, and Mike, our cousin, told us that they were Christians and part of a, a local church that was right there by the slums. And all of them radiated joy. You, you looked at their face and not only did their mouth smile, their eyes smiled, right? They're just sparkling. Yeah. And, you know, so we were singing some songs and praying with them. And I, I just remember seeing that as a recurring theme with the Christians and believers there was seeing the joy and realizing that God is more than enough. Um, obviously, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with having stuff because God yeah. created it and we're stewards of whatever he entrusts us with in this life, right? Mm-hmm. But seeing the, just, just, you know, and asking myself that question, if I was in this position and everything else was stripped away, if a gang came through last night and killed, you know, my dad and one of my sisters, mm-hmm. could I still have joy right. knowing where they went and knowing what God has done for me? Yeah. Um, so, so that was the hugest part to me. Um, and, and, and part of that too, one other part of the ministry was going, it was, I think once a week to a high security prison where people were put there for life, you know, for pretty, um, you know, big things they had done. And I remember not being sure what to expect. You know, we had to go and they'd search us, make sure we weren't smuggling anything in. Um, they would, you know, tattoo on like a number they'd keep our passport, all this other stuff. And we'd, you know, and send us in and, um, you're wandering around with everybody else. But they had two churches that had been formed inside that prison. Uh, prisoners who, after they got there, had got saved, started churches. I mean, there was, you know, stores and, you know, people would make stuff and try to hustle it on you, you know, to earn some money to, you know, buy trinkets or whatever inside. But seeing the joy of the folks there, I remember our first day we got there was like the day after we landed in Guatemala. So we're jet lagged, retired. Um, so I go and we're, we're sitting, it's kind of warm out, the sun's shining. They're singing, they're, you know, preaching, they're praying, and it's all in Spanish. And so it's very, very melodic. And I didn't understand a single word of what they're saying. So it all starts kicking in. And, you know, I kind of slumped my head and fell asleep. Um, and, and partway through the service, one of the, the Christian guys who was an inmate in the prison um, taps me. And so I kind of, you know, look up and he goes, you know, asked through translator, he goes, were you deep in prayer? <laughs> so I started laughing. And I said, no, I was sleeping. So he translates it back and he starts laughing. And he's laughing and he's telling everybody else. But that was just, you know, these guys are in there for life, right? The rest of their life is going to be inside those walls. Mm-hmm. But the joy that they had, the same as the joy that the folks in the slums had, really to me showed how real God is. That it's not just some figment. When everything's going good, we can say that there's a God and say, oh yeah, he blessed me with this and that. But when you have absolutely nothing mm-hmm. to be able to have the joy that God gives. So to me, that was the biggest, the biggest way of seeing God work when we were in Guatemala. Awesome. 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 We had... Um... I, I've experienced that same thing. So I know exactly what you're talking about mm. in Kenya. We had a, a 19 year old set me straight and <laughs> because we walked everywhere and most of the time barefoot. Mm. And I remember we were walking along and he asked me, he goes, do you guys walk a lot in America? And I felt ashamed. I was like, no man, we're lazy. We drive everywhere. Like everybody has cars. We drive everywhere. Mm. And he like stopped walking and looked at me with like those crystal eyes, like you're saying, yep. he's just like, it's not lazy to use what God's given you. 
Mm. It gives us feet. We walk. He gave you a car, you drive it. You're not mm. honoring God if you don't use what he's given you. I was yeah. like, oh, wow, I just got set straight. <laughs> I did with nothing. Walking yeah. barefoot in the dirt in Kenya. Like, yeah. Okay. And, and that wasn't a lesson I learned when I was in Guatemala. But on trips, you know, moving forward, I got to the point a couple of years ago where I kind of had that question of, um, you know, who am I living here in America, working a job, learning how to, you know, run businesses, um, you know, being part of business coaching programs, learning marketing, learning sales, learning leadership. I was like, what in the world am I doing trying to earn money when people in the other parts of the world have none? Yeah. And so it was this hard point of it being like I was trying to learn something, but at the same time, despising the person I would become, right? Mm-hmm. But then slowly God started showing me, he's like, okay, so if you stopped with all the doors I'm opening for you now and stopped learning, stopped growing there, sold everything you had and moved to the middle of nowhere. He said, how many people could you help? Yep. How many lives could you impact? How many, you know, how many Bibles could you print? How many missionaries could you support if you didn't do that? And that was when I realized, like you were saying, if God gives us those opportunities, whatever's, and it, it ties back to the episode before we were talking about whatever your calling is in life, whatever that mission trip looks like for you. Mm-hmm. As long as we're willing to be used by God, he'll use us wherever we're at. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that sounds like an excellent place to end episode two. All right. So we're going to stop right there. And then the next episode, episode three of four, we're going to jump into your Ukraine trip. So all right. you'll all want to come back and hang around for that one. So Say goodbye, and we'll catch them on the next one. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. Hey, thank you for your time. Please remember to rate and subscribe. After being a full-time missionary, I got tired of people looking at me like it must be really hard to do what you do. And they'd say things like, I'd love to be able to do something like that, but insert excuse. When the real reason was because they saw what we were doing as a sacrifice. That to do missions work, they would have to give up everything that quite honestly was forcing them to do things they didn't like for people they couldn't stand so they could afford things that they didn't need. The truth is, as full-time missionaries, it was one of the few times in my life when I was truly fulfilled. It was the closest to God I'd ever been. Debt-free, not stressed, and living the life of an adventure I'd always wanted. If you too believe that it's time for a change, then head over to watchmissionslive.com and join the revolution.